What's up, everyone? It's Mitch from RespectOrigin.com, back with the RMR podcast today, joined with special guest Tony Bones of Valley Pier. How are you doing today, Tony? Good, brother. Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for hopping on, man. Especially on, on this holiday, you know, being in business, I feel like there is no such thing as a, as a true holiday. <laughs> you pick and choose your days a little bit, but working probably every day, huh? That's it, bro. That's it. No time off. You know that. It's, uh, it's always a go. No doubt, man. So with the, the start of all these episodes, I always start with our guest origin story around cannabis. So I'm just kind of curious, like both personally and professionally, kind of when you got involved with cannabis. Yeah. So, you know, young age, you know what I mean? I was out there, you know, messing around. It was probably about 15, 16, you know, started to mess with cannabis. Uh, I actually had an accident. You know, I broke all my face, you know what I mean? My nose, my cheekbones, everything. So I was having trouble sleeping. So I started using it, you know, found out it worked really well, you know, and it just kept on growing. And then as it grew, I wanted to kind of bring it to people, you know, and help everybody. You know, I got in in the 215 days early. You know what I'm saying? I did that for a long time until it went recreational. And once recreation hit, you know what I mean, we brought it into the rec market and started going retail. So for me, it's been, you know, over 20 years. It's something that I, I'm passionate about and I love doing. So that's it. How is that? How is that change going from you know two fifteen days to to recreational? What, what what was that transitionary period like for yourself? Man, it it, it changes so much. You know, like uh, from you know the two fifteen days to where you know compassion was everything, and you know it felt like everybody was you know helping each other and that type of deal to recreational to where it turned into this big competition everywhere you know and it's hard man you know i gotta have good relationships and good people so for me it was a kind of a shell shocking sense too you know to go from something that was curated being you know put together as a helping infrastructure you know to now it's just kind of being out there again and looking at everybody and saying man you know who's who's good partners who's someone you want to work with and you know how's the longevity looking this you know so it was kind of a little different you know it was, it was definitely a change Absolutely. And I think it's been important or I think it's important for a lot of people that were there from those days to make sure that that heart and soul is still impacted in the industry, whether it's at a you know professional standpoint or just individual you know contribution to where this industry is headed. Um, where or when did you start exactly at, at Valley Pier where you're now VP of sales and retail? But when, when did you first start with, with that crew? Yeah, so it was uh, into 2017, you know, we started to come together, we kind of got the name and everything, we we're looking at cities we want to be in, you know, where, where we wanted to kind of, you know, land our feet and start as a home base, man, it was hard, you know, we're from the Central Valley, you know, we're, we're not too far north to be north, you know what I mean, and we're not too far south to be south, so we're like in the center, so we started looking at all the cities around, you know, and uh, we landed in Woodlake, California, you know, it's a rural town, it's only about 7,700 people, you know, they were looking for something to build, infrastructure with and create some tax revenue so we approached them and sat down and they were a really good group really open you know forthcoming helping us get through the process so once we landed there it was kind of like okay we we got the we got the book work done you know what i mean now it's time to put it in action you know we built the building did the whole thing that place was super successful you know it's still going today so you know it just went celebrated its fourth year i mean we're we're happy to still have it, you know, so that was really where we landed, you know, 2017 is when Valley Pier came about. Uh, back then, I was just doing district manager stuff, you know, and the, as it kind of grew over the years, I kind of excelled, you know, and seen where my, my niche was, you know, with the people and, and, you know, starting these things and building them out from scratch. So now I've worked my way all the way up. I run all the retail. I do all the cultivation sales, you know what I mean? I'm part of the marketing team. So it's it's, it's always evolving for me. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And what are, what are some tips that you could give out there to some people that want to work work their way up, like working from that district manager position up to a VP level? And obviously, you've been able to work alongside the company growth. So I know opportunities have grown through that. But what, what are some of those like keen things that have been a part of that 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 growth? Yeah, man, to show up, you know, that, that's the main thing. You got to show up. If you're not there, you know what I mean? You're going to get missed. Uh, I never, you know, let the grass grow under my feet or anything like that. I was always in city council meetings to state meetings, you know, to lobbyist meetings and then back to the shows, you know, the cultures for me, you know, I go to everything, any, any show that's popping, you know, the hall of flowers, the high times events, anything of the weed con, all that stuff. You know, I, I really stay tapped into the market, you know? So for me, you know, the best advice I can give is, be ready to work, you know, show up and make sure you do your education. You know, like things change every day, especially in this market, you know, the, the laws and, you know, compliance and everything. It's crazy, you know, how it changes. So for me, that's where I really found, you know, I like to study on it. You know, I like to find out what was the next thing, what was going to happen, you know, where's labeling going, you know, something that nobody thinks about, you know, what about packaging? Where's it going to happen at, you know, how can we brand and market this? So for me, it's just about showing up, you know what I mean? And staying educated, you know, and I, I push that to everybody. You know, I always tell my, my crew, you know, I want to see everybody graduate and grow, whether it's in the company or outside the company, you know, but make sure you put in that time, you know, and you really, you really stay focused. You know, it's easy to get lost in this industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and with Value Pure, we, we were just talking a second ago, 2017 started out in Woodlake, now at four dispensary locations and cultivation. What, what was kind of the growth curve in terms of like adding a new location and, and the expansion of the business over that time since 2017? Yeah, so we've been able to add them, you know, pretty much every year. Uh, you know, it was kind of crazy. Woodlake ran into about mid-19 and we got the second store, Farmersville, open. You know, uh, that one's going probably a good four or five months. And we got the, you know, the notion from a few other cities that were looking. So we went to add that. We actually added Lindsay in February and then we added Lemoore um, in June of 2020. So we opened two during the pandemic, which was super crazy, you know, so it was like we thought it was going to be a, a slower start, you know, but as it came on and, and we were able to scale these things, we we made sure that everything was, you know, tight knit and it was, it was pretty good. You know, we actually have five total dispensaries right now mm. active. We have one in the Central Coast up in Ben Loman, uh, Central Coast Wellness, and we just got the Tulare license, you know, for the sixth one. Um, it's actually going to be open in about 90 days, you know, so that's going to come online quick, you know, so it seems like. The more we've done, the quicker they happen, you know, and, and the more often they happen now. So it's been a good thing. And what what's it like acquiring, you know, a new or a new or building out a new retail? Obviously, you guys have built something going at one location, tapped in with the consumers there and and kind of understand that micro community. How what goes into replicating that into into new areas while still keeping it under one brand? Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of the, the key. And it's really working in that community. You know, we kind of see it because when we open up a location, you know, where we're at, we have all these people coming from different regions and all around, you know, so we get that feedback and we get to talk to them and kind of hear what they would want, you know, and they might be from Lindsay, you know, and they might have started out with us in Woodlake, you know, and they were giving us our ideas back then. So we were collecting that info from everybody, you know, kind of seeing where everybody wants and what everybody wants to see. The Tulare location is going to be totally different from anything we did before, you know, and at the same time, it's it's exciting. It's kind of scary as well, you know, because we're going to take a different approach, but it seems that's what that area wants. You know, they want a little bigger store. They want a little more action to be able to see some things and have some bigger events there, which is, which is always key for us. You know, we want to grow with it. So, the main thing is just tapping in with the community, making sure that everybody's getting their feedback to us and what they want, what they like, you know, turning the naysayers into believers and, and you know, just showing everybody that we're good business. And I, I hear that. And, and with, with all these retail outlets, obviously you've had a, a lot of work 
or a lot of time looking at different brands, different products, obviously working with the, the bud tenders, working with the community, you know, getting the feedback from patients and, and customers. What are some of the brands you feel like in California that it's not necessarily maybe the best brand, but who is are people coming in and requesting by brand, like brands that are recognized by consumers that there's an obvious demand where it's like, I have to carry this because enough consumers just demand it. Like what are some of those brands that come to your mind? Yeah, for sure. Alien labs, you know what I mean? Like that's just one of those ones that, you know, any of the connected alien lab stuff, like people love that stuff. You know, they, they want it all the time. Stizzy for sure. You know, they're killing it. Those guys are doing great things, you know, um maven genetics you know i mean that's one that's really hit the mark hard you know i mean since we started carrying them and they kind of picked up you know in their production everybody wants those guys uh cookie still has a good following you know what i mean and, and those guys are doing a lot of cool things a lot of new genetics over there so so that's one you know that comes in and then you know heavy hitters is definitely probably you know one of the most sought after that we always hear that people are always coming in they always want it you know, they always want to get it. You know, it's it's usually the stizzy people, you know what I mean, coming in or heavy hitters. The cart game yeah. is split between those two, you know, and they're just they're battling for it. So, I mean, those guys, um, you know, all come to mind, you know, when I start thinking about top sellers, you know, right now, who's coming in, what they're asking for. And what do you what do you think some of the, like what are some of the things? Obviously, some of those guys have different product categories or different different you know, audience bases, but what are some of those things that brands or, or the people like about brands? Like what, what is it about the, the cannabis brand that makes a consumer attracted to a brand? You know, uh, you know, it's really touching base on that quality product. You know, some of it, you know, is definitely going to be the marketing end, right? The niche things, everybody, what they're seeing, you know, what's going on in the market, you know, what's hot, what's not, you know, I mean, that type of deal, but the you know, quality is what's kind of separating everybody, you know, apart right now. I mean, you're seeing like Maven Genetics take a big, big spot, you know what I mean, because they have some really good quality, you know, and some people have lacked off and slacked there a little bit. You see cookies making a big change, revamping the whole menu, you know, going across the board to bring back that, you know, cookies quality that everybody's looking for, you know, Stizzy's moving into solventless carts, you know, and things like this. So you're really seeing that quality push it the most, you know, like we tell everybody, everybody, there's a price point for everybody, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're a, a price point person, we can get you there. But if you're a quality person, you got to look into some of these brands, you know, because these guys are are taking the extra time to make sure the quality's in the jar, in the bag, you know what I mean, in the cart, you know, that type of deal. Friendly Farms does a really good cart, you know I mean, everything. We love Buddies. Buddies does a good cart, Concentrate, you know I mean, like all that stuff. You know, these people come in and they know they're getting quality, you know, just getting priced right. So I think the quality is where it's really separating people apart again this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely named some of the some of the heavy hitters and some of the guys I like, you know, as far as the flower, a lot of the flower I like to consume man, coming guys that are consistently pressing new flavors. And yes. and that's another thing that, you know, being on the retail front of having to stock just kind of like an endless supply of new strains, you know, it, ne it never sets. As soon as there's a popular strain, it's getting deconstructed, reconstructed, pheno hunted all up and down. Oh you my know, God. Man. How do you approach kind of, you know, from a retail perspective, staying on top of all these strains and helping the consumer not get like overwhelmed with just consistent more and more? It, it's, it's a never endless game, like you said, man. So like really, I try to stay tapped in, you know, like I said, I really do these shows and I really am in the market. You know what I mean? I'm always testing and, and visiting cultivations and things, you know, but as far as procuring the menu, man, like I would like to say that it's a hundred percent all the time, but sometimes it's like, man, I got like 16 new things to go check out, you know, find out like what's hot. So I really tap in with my bud tenders, you know, and some of my people that are in the stores, you know, I got friends all across the state, uh, multi-state operators, that type of deal. So you kind of, 
can tap in a little bit here and kind of hear what the streets are talking about, what people are seeing. You know, when the new phenos break, of course, right? As soon as somebody tries it, it's like wildfire. You're hearing it, you know. And my main thing is trying to myself. You know, if I can get in there and try it, get that, you know, good R&D on it and find out something that's nice, you know what I mean? Share with one of my friends, you know, respect my region guys. You know, it, it just goes a long way, bro. We, we keep it all in the circle and everybody kind of stays tapped in. But it's, it's probably one of the hardest things, man, with retail is – uh, menu procurement, you know, because it changes so much. You can't get stagnant. You can't flood it. You know what I mean, if you flood it, it sits. If it sits, it's not moving. You know, the whole flow slows down. So, I mean, that's one of the one of the harder things in the game, but it, it, it's one of the funner ones too, I think, once you tap into it and get it going. Yeah, I think, I think that's something the industry doesn't get enough credit for from like both the producer, the cultivator standpoint, and the retail standpoint to what you just said is like making sure shit doesn't get flooded, but also trying to make sure there's enough inventory to, to satisfy a part of demand because, you know, a, a flavor can get played out real quick, but it's also just due to how this crop, you know, the agriculture cycle of this crop is hard to also, if you, if you find something that's a winner, it might take a little bit to replicate it and keep it in stock. So it, it takes yeah. a lot, I feel like, to, to keep that flow that you're talking about. Well, more than people know, right? They think, oh, it's just easy. It comes, I'm like, man, like there's strains that don't hit, you know, like there's mm. some that just, we don't get because it, by the time it happens, you know what I mean? It's over. You know what I mean? And they go on to the next, you know, like Alien Labs does their whole funeral hunt, right? They issue out X amount of jars and everybody tests them and they pick from that. So it's like somebody might like one of those that it gets lost, you know, and it's just, it's, it happens, you know? So right now I think the cultivators, you know, the, the most underrated man, like these guys pull so many, you know, heat strains and they get so much stuff cracking and it's like, some stuff that people see and they're like, man, this is amazing. There was something better that didn't even make it out, you know? So it's one of them things, man. Like the procurement's crazy, but I'm with you. Like, I don't think they get enough credit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot to get out there and compete. And some people are definitely competing. I think is as consumers ourselves, it's also nice to, you know, use appreciate, <laughs> appreciate what people put out there, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. Um, you know, on the branding side, right, if someone's been around cannabis a long time, you know, obviously before there was like a brand or, uh, you know, a, a graphic jar, what are some of those things that you feel like have helped, kind of helped and hindered from a packaging standpoint of, of moving to this new form of consumer packaged goods for cannabis? Man, for me, packaging is the biggest headache, right? Like, I mean, it, it's just so layered now and it's got to be so many different ways, but you know, marketing, I mean, marketing from it, you know, that visual aspect, you know, some of these jars and these bags and even these containers are getting way crazy, you know, and you wouldn't even think about it, you know, when you think of these little packages and stuff like that, really creating it. But some people are niche buyers, you know, like they see something cool and they got to have it, you know, and, you know, Flav came out with the little Zippo disposable that they had for a little while, right? Didn't even hit the market like that, but people knew about it and they wanted it, you know, you're seeing a lot of these crazy packaging coming out now because you have a lot of these big, big brand marketing companies coming into the space saying, man, we can make this a little better. You know, we can make it interesting for somebody. You know, it's not just about buying the product now. Now they're buying something they can sell on their shelf, right? You got uh, Alien Labs with the Misfits bag. You know what I mean? You got, you know, Hashbone with the clown face, you know, packaging. It's like these things hit to certain people, you know. So with the packaging, for me, I mean, there's a ton of labels and, you know, I mean, everything's got to go on there, right? It's got to be specific, certain, but I mean, some of the packaging is getting cool. You know, I wish we didn't have to use so many layers of it, but I think at the same time, now they're kind of making it a little more you know, active with the consumer, you know, QR codes and things like this, things that really bring people in and get them, 
get them an experience more than just buying it, opening it, and throwing it away. You know, so packaging is one of those things. I think it's going to be changing for a good while, but it's interesting to see where it's going. Yeah, no, I can I can definitely see that, man. It's we've seen a lot a lot of changes, and it's as some things stand out, some things tend to blend in in the mix. Uh, you know, obviously over there, Valley Pier, you guys are vertically integrated with with cultivation as well. What's what's been the approach of you know not only having retail but also having you know in-house products? Man, I mean it it's a game changer, you know, like that's one thing. We get to go and source the stuff we want, you know, that hits the shelf. I mean, uh, we're about to launch our carts, you know, what I mean, live resin carts that we're going to be launching here in the next few weeks. You know, we got almost I mean, I'd say about 16 different strains right now, you know, that we have on the on the Valley Pure brand side, you know, so being fully integrated for us has been a blessing. You know, we've been able to kind of look back at things that worked really well and say, let's bring this in and try it. You know I mean, and some of them worked and some of them didn't, you know, and it's good to have that. You know, we have that feedback from being in the retail space for so long, you know, with the cultivation coming online. Now we're at, you know, 75,000 square feet with three tiers and we can cover a lot of ground, right? Like, mm. so we can supply ourselves even in those bad times, you know, when things are kind of bad and rough, you know, when the big flood happened and everybody was kind of worried about quality, you know what I mean? And just what was coming in their bags or their jars, right? We were able to go back to the drawing board and say, look, we're not putting anything in that that's not a, you know what I mean? If it's not a plus, you mean, it's not going to go in the bag. You know I mean, we'll, we'll work with it. We'll do something else. You know, we, we really procured a menu that was going to sell, you know, and make sense. So for us being fully integrated, I think it's been one of the blessings, you know, we've been able to source more material that we need and then also test the market, you know, show some of these strains and show some of these cultivars, you know, that people really didn't take for granted, you know, and we're like, Oh, it was okay. Now we launched in the value of your bag. They get it. They love it. You know what I mean, so it's like, being fully integrated and having that option to be able to go back and say, you know, this is something else we want. This is something else we, we don't want. That's been the, that's been the biggest blessing in the skies. You know, it's a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a lot, you know, the, the sales inside of it, you know, back into the retail, like I, I'm one person, right? Like, and you know how this goes. I mean, we wear many hats, you know, so I'm more than happy to do it, you know, but that's been one of the more blessings for me is to go back and say, all right, this worked for us really well. You mean this didn't, Let's put this in. Let's pull this out. You know, let's look, let's look for the new stuff. You know, what's hot? What's happening right now? Let's let's try a few new ones. You know, so being vertically integrated is key. I, I think that's what's uh, helping Valley Pier stay sustainable and above above board right now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it sounds like it's a way to kind of like almost like you said, kind of like navigate risk too, right? Regardless of what's going on in the supply chain, you guys at least have you know something you have full control over in house. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and the, you know how these things go. It's everybody's trying to, you know, get the margins up and, and be right. You know, you're not always going to get the freshest batch, right? And that's not actually the brand's fault, right? Or the cultivator. It's the process, right? Everything has mm -hmm. to go through testing, the co-packers, hit the distribution, make it to the market. The average customer doesn't realize that, you know, no matter what, it's usually 30 days before your, your product hits the market, no matter what. And that's a quick turnaround, right? Like right. some of these things, two months, three months just depends what happened in the whole thing for us being able to go straight from the farm, literally to a three day test and a three day package and be fresh a week out of cure to the shelf. It's key, man. You know what I mean, it's key for the brand, you know, and, and I think more people are seeing that and they're trying to, you know, build that infrastructure to be vertically integrated to kind of bring that to the market as well. And then are you guys also wholesaling your flour to, to other stores as well, or just running it all through, through you guys? You know, we did in the beginning kind of as the launch it to get the flow going, you know, now the stores eat up, honestly, man, 80, 85% of what we can cultivate, you know, so 
there's not much that does get sold out. I mean, if it does need to be, we will, you know, to, to move the product. But for right now, the stores eat up a ton of it. Um, and it's just growing, you know, the appetite's going. We just got on Spring Big with the text blast and the emails and tapping into that side of the marketing, you know, a little more direct. And, you know, we're up about 22% in sales on that stuff right now. So, I mean, we're going to we're gonna see, you know, a big mark where we're just eating all that crop up to the stores now. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, man, that's, that's great. That's great. And you said, so some of that is also you guys get to figure out what to curate in-house based on the sales data of just what's selling at the store then, correct? Yeah, yeah. Some of that data, you know, that we see in certain strains and, and you know, what's coming back from the, the retail side, uh, that allows us to go searching, right? We go and pull a couple strains that hit really well, you know, and just weren't available to the customers for a very long time through other brands. And we were able to bring those back. You know, we launched uh, the Pink Runch Cross that we have, you know, that right now is just killing it and everybody loves it. So it's one of those ones we want to make a staple and kind of keep in our brand and keep it there because the market tells us they love it. And then what else, like, what are, what are some of the most popular product types that you guys see? I mean, obviously some of the brands that, that, were, that you were mentioning earlier, flower brands, I know we all know kind of flowers King. That's what the, the bulk of things that are sold, but what, what are some of the standout kind of product categories away from flower that you guys see at retail? Man, you know, uh, right now the cartridge game is crazy. You know, you're, you're seeing the ton that come out, right? Stizzy's King. Like there, there's no doubt about it. You know, they're, they're always changing and moving different ways, you know, to, to keep ahead of the game. But uh, one of the smaller ones that I've seen that came out that have really hit the market really good is Ursa. You know, they're doing a, a like a liquid diamond cart there that it's really clean and a lot of people like, you know. Uh, the Dabwoods are hitting really hard on the disposable end for full grams. You know, we're seeing that kind of push into the market really well. Um, you know, it, it's been a big push on the cart side, you know, on our end. And then the edibles has been another one. We're just seeing the gummy game fly, right? Mm. Wild came in and kind of knocked a few people around. You know, Flay is still staying very admirable up there in the top range, you know, with all the new cross things they're doing, they do a sleep gummy now. Um, you know, we're seeing a fruit fruits pushing into a lot of big markets, you know, they move really well. Um, but I think our biggest one right now is going to be the pre-rolls pre-rolls is the infused pre-roll game is nuts. you right. And Jeter was pushing through that thing. And so many people are trying to copy them with different things, you know, now you have a bunch of different brands following it, but I mean, they kind of jumped to the top, you know, really fast, you know, now they're kind of getting, pushed around, you know, for whether it's quality or quantity that they're getting, you know, but at the same time, they did a really good thing. So the pre-roll mark for me is where we're seeing a lot of big expansion right now. A lot of people doing the donuts, you know, the mm. passion infused, rosin infused donut rolls, you know, uh, I know punch is killing it with theirs. You know, we had, we had to sit down with those guys and try to bunch and, and they're doing really well. So, I mean, pre-rolls is, is, is one of them things, you know, that I think people like it's a, grab and go type style thing that they can just take with them. So it's pushing really heavy, you know, so I'd say the pre-rolls and, and the vape carts is something that's, that's kind of gaining a little bit more traction, you know, right now as, as the, anything else. Absolutely. And what do you feel like when someone buys a pre-roll or a vape, you feel like that's all they're buying or that their, their cart usually has a couple items in there. Yeah. We're seeing, you know, these carts three and four items, you know, most people aren't coming in picking up one, two things you know there, there there's triples and quadruples in there for sure you know we're we got a guy that came this morning right like he he's big you know edible guy doesn't really get too much in the flower anything out there he left with the cart he left with the vape he left with the pre-roll and his edibles you know what i mean it was like hey you know like he was like yeah it's memorial day i'm going i'm having a fun time you know what i mean so yeah it's perfect you know so we're seeing those spins you know and then the average right now is up you know you're usually in that 68 to 82 dollar range you know we're, we're seeing 87 you know, $90 oh. average tickets right now. So it's up there a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting ready. I mean, I, I don't blame him getting ready for Memorial Day, man. He's he's out here. They get to yeah. celebrate, you know. They got to do yeah. something. Yeah, I I could dig it, man. I could dig it. Um, you know, we we talked about a little bit earlier of just having these different locations, but what kind of goes into from like the management side of just making sure that that customer experience is the same at every location and, and training, right? Because you, I mean, you got different areas again. You have one brand, different communities, but different stores, different staff. Well, what are some of the elements you guys kind of put in for that that consistent experience and consistent training with with the staff? Yeah, the customer service is huge, you know, especially when we're, we're moving from different areas. You know, everybody expects you to be like, a, a you know, a Walmart or, a, you know, a Chili's or anything like that. Everything's supposed to be the same. Right. Like, So they want to see that dialed in. For us, it's really about connecting, you know, make sure we're meeting and greeting everybody, making sure they they take care of them in between. And if they do have a question or they do have an experience that they, they need to talk about, let them get it out. You know, for me on the management side, that's the first thing I teach my guys. Right. Like. Without these people, we won't be here. And that's just the bottom facts, right? Doesn't matter how good I am, doesn't matter how good my managers are, my blood tenders are. If if the people aren't coming through the door, we don't exist, you know. So they're the number one priority, you know, and I teach that to them, you know, to to make sure that the guy that comes in, he might not be in the greatest mood. You know, I mean, he might not know everything, you know, but it's our responsibility to take care of him and make sure he gets treated right, he gets greeted, you know what I mean? His service is is above and beyond and then the time he goes to take off they they either give him a handshake or a nice good goodbye you know i mean he makes it out the door and you know it could have started off as a bad experience we see it all the time you know people come in and nobody knows what anybody's going through so somebody might feel a certain way they didn't say it right they didn't hand it to him right or you know any of that stuff could could change into a bad you know situation and, and we try to eliminate that from the beginning you know on the management side i tell my guys right we're here to support the the bud tenders and the sales reps and the sales reps and everybody else support the, the customer, right? And then it goes vice versa. The customer comes to me, I'll stop what I'm doing. I'll, I'll make sure I take care of them, have a conversation, you know, make sure they, they feel 100% treated and welcome, you know, in, in our facilities and establishments because, like I said, without them, we can't we can't exist, you know. So my biggest thing is the customer service. And it, it is one of the hardest things, right, to teach people. You know, people all come from different walks of life and they have different situations and everybody handles things different, but from us, we kind of dial it back down to the basics, right? Like, I don't know what you're going through on your daily. You don't know what I'm going through. So if you walk in and you're expecting to have great service, I want to give you great service. You know, that way when you leave, maybe your day's a little bit better, man. Maybe, maybe you got exactly what you needed. You know what I mean? And you walked out the door a little happy, you know? So we don't want anybody to have a bad experience, you know? And I think that's really what we cater to is the customer, you know, making sure that they're good, all the way across the board, make sure when they go to any one of our locations, they get greeted. Any one of our locations, they can ask a question. Like we have customers all the time. Well, you ran out of this product here. Can you check it and see if it's on another one? Sure. Mm-hmm. We'll call the next location, you know, make sure. And it's it's like that across the board. So I mean, that's really where we're trying to get, get to dial it down to, you know, is having good customer service and making sure everybody gets that good experience at every location. Putting people first, and there's not a lot of dispensaries that uh, that that take the route uh, of really putting the, the you know customer service at the forefront. A lot of people say that, but it's it's truly like a task to anyone in in any sort of hospitality service, anything like that, right? The consumers, while you're there, you got to put them first to really just dial in that process and give them the best experience. Man, people forget it, you know, like they do, honestly, like it, and it's easy, right? The world's going through a ton. Everybody's going through crazy things. But like I tell them, like when we come in, it's like, check your feelings out the door. You know what I mean? Make sure you're good because we're going to go in here and we're going to make it a good day. You know what I mean? No matter what happens, no matter how 
crazy it gets. We're going to have a good day. You know what I mean? And we got to portray that to the customer and make sure they know. So it's really, you know, that customer service. And, and you know, it's one thing that I think that some dispensaries have kind of lost, you know, and I don't knock nobody mm-hmm. or anything like that, but I, th- I would really like to see it, you know, brought back into the culture side of it, you know, respecting everybody and treating everybody right. And not just treating them as a, a dollar or a ticket sell, right. As they come through the door making sure that they're really, really engaged and, and they get what they need. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's what separates success and not, and I mean, not even success, but like consumer loyalty. Right. And, and that's everything in, in this business, I mean, in any retail business, um, you know, we we're talking about earlier about, you know, going to Hall of Flowers. Obviously, I just see, saw you out there a couple of weeks ago. When it goes to traveling to these events, what are what are some of the things that you look to kind of take away with in, in relation to, um, you know, your career and stuff? What are you trying to identify? What are you looking for? What do you look to gain while being at these events? So for me, it's all it's always good to connect with everybody. You know, it's hard to get, you know, a face to face with a lot of people. You know, we're all in different areas. We're traveling, you know, I mean, north to south constantly. So for me, like these events, like when I go to, it's really about touching base with the brands, you know what I mean? Especially on the upper end, right? The management, the ownership, you know, making sure that we're being a good partner, you know, servicing, uh, you know, any accounts that they have, you know, on the back end. And just like we want their service, right? Making sure they got takeover days. We're making sure that, you know, that nothing got lost in translation. You know, it's really easy to be doing things, you know, get three, four or five months down the road. You haven't talked to nobody. You haven't got to see each other. You know, you run into each other at these events. So it's really time to cater that relationship and make sure that everybody's good, you know, make sure that, you know, nothing got missed, you know, on the back end as far as, hey, the new launch that came out, the new brand that they're going through, a new product, you know, uh, I I love going to the events, you know, because I get to see everything, you know, and I get to see if there's anything new. I get to see what people are still doing, if they're doing it better, you know, or if they've improved it at all. You know, sometimes you go to them and you see the same thing, you know, and it's like, man, you, you wish you just get a little bit different for the brand, you know, and it's a good time to have the conversation. Hey man, I, I'd like to see if you guys could do this. I'd like to launch a different product. We did a, a new formulation with another vendor here last week. You know, we wanted something a little stronger in their, their tincture and, you know, we asked for it, you know, we've been asking for it and it was good. You know, they came through with it. So the events are, are, are really good, you know, to get information about what everybody's got and either coming out, you know, and, and it's really good just to keep your relationship whole. You know what I mean? I, I get a, run into cool people, right? Me and you run into each other. We catch each other out there. It's it's one of those things where I just like seeing the people, you know, and getting getting to connect directly back with the relationships of the brands and, and you know, the companies. So for me, it's all about just being there, you know, and, and having that that chance to, to touch base. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And, and, and for me personally, I like, I think it's in be around people in like a business setting, but outside of the usual business setting, right? Like I always have talked to people about like, there's even a regular client or working relationship you can have with someone where you deal with each other on a weekly basis, a monthly basis, but there's so much structure to it. Even throwing out a random idea kind of fucks up the flow of how you guys move, you know, and you just yeah. said you spend three minutes together outside of that usual situation where you already have that rapport. Then like you're saying, you can just kind of throw ideas out, throw things out there in just a real casual way. And sometimes a lot of shit can spawn from that. And it's not like it's, inappropriate it just doesn't fit the natural flow of what you're doing so kind of breaking that flow allows this like ability for new ideas i feel like to come from it it does 100 percent, man you you sit down to break bread you know what i mean and i just start flowing you know what i mean and it, it always seems like you said and once you get outside of that a little bit everybody's just a little more comfortable right like nobody wants to step on nobody's toes and nobody wants to say the wrong thing you know but when you kind of get out to the show 
you step back, you know what I mean? Everybody eats at the same truck, right? Like the sitting mm-hmm. there is the same for everybody. So you see all these people that you might not, you know, run into or might not want to talk to, you know, about certain things. And you just, you're just a little more open, you know, and, and that's what I like about the events. Man. I like, you know, being able to go and have the, you know, uh, constructive criticism back and forth about certain things and it'll not be a big deal, right? It's not like we're pulling them from the shelf or they're not selling to us no more. You know what I mean? We're just, we're just conversating, you know, we're going to have a, a good idea. And if, if it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. But at the end of the day, we can still be friends and, and you know, get along and, and make business for everybody. What are, which one are some of your favorite events to attend? Definitely Hall of Flowers. You know what I mean? One of my more favorites. I just uh, went to the Green Street. That was really cool. You know what I mean? Uh, when did that whole event. Super dope out there. I think they're going to have some cool stuff, you know, going on down there. Uh, Weed Con's always been cool. You know what I mean? I, I really like that one as well. Um, you know, MJ BizCon's always a good one too. I like to go see what they're innovating and coming out with. You know, I feel like every year we go and there's, you know, 50% of the same stuff, but then you're always going to find a few new ones, right? Yeah. Somebody's doing something different. They upgrade the machines. I mean, it, it's getting the bigger, you know, being a bigger one. And then probably one of my, my favorite ones too is the Emerald Cup. You know, I love the Emerald Cup, everything they do, um, all the stuff they're, they're putting forth out there. You know what I mean? Those guys push a ton for our regulations and, you know, just putting together good events, you know. So those those are probably be my, my top few that I got. Okay. Okay. And then I got one more one more personal for you is uh, what's your, the hottest strain you've been smoking on this this year? It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a brand new one, but what's, what's the most gas strain you've been smoking on here in 2022? Atomic Apple, bro. Atomic Apple. Alien Labs Atomic Apple. Hands down. You know what I mean? Hands down. Okay. I think I seen that how far I don't think I tasted it yet. So I, I gotta get my hands on that. Bro, I got you. Come out my way. I got you. All right. Yeah. Next next time I'm down from Washington, I I I, I got a slide. Um, and it's on me. Got you, got you. What uh what what else does uh Valley Pure got got in stock for, for the rest of 2022? Man, expansion, you know, expansion. We got that six license, it just went through uh it's done, solidified. That store is going to open in 90 days. You know, there's two more right behind that, uh, probably within a 40 to 60 mile radius, you know, so hopefully have eight active dispensaries by the end of the year. We just, uh, we broke ground on the third cultivation. The second cultivation is probably about 50% complete. So we're running those, uh, you know, huge and as fast as possible, you know, to get everything we can. Uh, we want to expand in the space pretty quickly, you know, so for us right now, it's just about building out the cultivations and adding more retail. Um, we did activate our manufacturing license, you know, to bring that on and, and do some infused pre-rolls and stuff. Uh, we have the carts coming, you know, and we have our distribution, you know. So for us, it's really expansion this year. That's that's the name of the game. Um, you know, we just want to be number one. You know, we got a lot of people competing. There's a lot of other big guys in the market, you know, but we kind of solidified ourselves in the valley and we just want to expand from there. Absolutely. Yeah, you said expansion and then you backed that up with, <laughs> with quite a bit of expansion there. So. It's live, bro. It's live. You know, like it's, this is happening every day, man. I just visited the uh, new Tulare dispensary coming on. They're, they're getting that thing rolling. You know what I mean? I, I rolled through the cultivation. I mean, they're siding the building. All the plumbing's in, electric's going. So, I mean, it, it's real, man. It, it's happening fast. Yeah, that's that's a lot of growth, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here today, Tony, and, and chatting with us on the podcast. Anyone looking for more information, valleypure.net. Anything else you want to plug before you get up out of here? No, man. I, I love you guys, man. You guys always taking care of everybody, man. I appreciate your time and everything today. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, hope to do it again soon. 100, man. Thank you very much. This is the RMR Podcast, episode 38.